Um, and it's any pornography. We shouldn't be homosexual or heterosexual. We shouldn't right. be honoring anyone that's a director of pornography to the state f- Senate floor. I don't think it's ever been done before. I've never seen a pornographer being honored. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital. We have some interesting things to talk to you all about today. That's right. Yes, we have, there is a Christian Catholic hate group that has been invited to the Senate floor. Surprise, surprise. Yes. We have updates on our SCV Pregnancy um, Center press conference from last week and some exciting news about that to share with you all, as well as um, we're going to talk to you all about the changed movement, which overall is stories of people exchanging their LGBTQ lifestyle for a Christian identity and worldview. That's right. So... Let's go. Yes, let's dive into it. So, Senator Scott Weiner. Him again? Yes. <laughs> he has invited um, a member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence group to the um, Senate floor. And the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence group, I'm sure you have all heard about who they are at this point. They were invited to Dodger Stadium to be honored. And Catholic Vote was the main group that kind of led the original pushback to that event. And Catholic Vote's president, Brian Birch, I just want to read you all his statement about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence group. So Birch stated that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence mock Catholics by taking on vulgar names, such as Sister of the Joyous Resurrectum. They dress in sexualized perversions of religious garb, taunting the woman religious who served the poor in Southern California and around the world. In one infamous stunt, they tricked an archbishop into giving them the Eucharist, the most important sacrament of the Catholic faith, so they could defile it. This past Easter Sunday, the SPI put on an exhibition in San Francisco in which a performer dressed as Jesus carried a cross up the hill and then performed a pole dance on it. Yeah, that's, that's that's is that offensive? Yes, <laughs> that's that's a a stunt meant to be as offensive as possible. Mm-hmm. So the Dodgers ultimately uninvited the group, and then received hate and pushback, and reinvited the group. But today, that's not what we're really going to be talking about. We are talking about Sister Roma, one of the men that dresses up as a woman and a nun and mocks Jesus, has been invited to the Senate floor to be honored um, by Senator Scott Weiner. And Greg's going to dive in a little bit later about why we are inviting people like this to the Senate floor. But Senator Scott Weiner has officially invited Sister Roma to the Senate floor to be honored. So here you can see Senator Scott Weiner officially announced it via Twitter. And he stated, Next week, our legislative LGBTQ caucus celebrates pride at the Capitol by honoring LGBTQ community leaders. I nominated Sister Roma of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as my honoree, as well as Helkina to be posthumously 
Roma and Helkina hugely deserve, deserve this honor. Editor Scott Wiener is um, inviting us, one of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to the floor. And Greg, do you want to kind of explain why they've been invited? Um, well, uh, Scott Wiener thinks this is a great group. Um, and the, the fifth, which is next Monday, is a, a special day here at the Capitol because... Uh, it is beginning of Pride Month, mm -hmm. right? And Pride Month is the month of the year where it seems like the whole country starts to celebrate everything associated with LGBT identities and behaviors. Um, and so here in California at the State Senate, they get in, they want to encourage uh, the population to uh, celebrate Pride as well. And so they introduce a resolution, both the Senate and the Assembly will do this. Um, and so Senate Resolution 33 will be introduced on the floor on Monday. Um, and, and then they're inviting a lot of uh, LGBT-related, uh, who they consider people who, who should be honored. Um, and Sister Roma is one of those people that Scott Wiener um, has asked to come. Uh, so let me just say explain a little little bit about this resolution. This is, these resolutions happen every year. But the resolution is really about encouraging people here in the state to base their, their entire identity based on their sexual feelings or their gender feelings. You know, and as Christians, Jesus told us that is a big mistake. That our true selves can only be found by denying ourselves and following him, right? And so Following our natural inclinations, if we encourage people to do that, you're gonna you're gonna encourage them to, to leave God and to be away from God. And so the most loving thing we could possibly do is to push people towards God. So these resolutions like that are, are really pushing people away from the Lord, pushing people away from Jesus, telling them to base their whole entire life based on their feelings, which we all we all know our own feelings have been corrupted by the fall. Um and we should not be basing our lives and our identities based on things that we feel and the, the desires that we have that are been corrupted by sin. And so, sadly, the, these resolutions push uh, the population to do the exact opposite. And so that's why we oppose them. Um, if, if you go through this resolution, and you can find it online, we got part of it up there. Um, it just talks about the, the history of the gay rights movement. It, it talks about, you know, the Supreme Court uh, knocking down California's uh, Prop 8, uh, which is a proposition that the voters passed wanting to only define marriage as a, uh, a union between a man and a woman. Um, and then towards the very end, they, they make uh, a statement about equality, uh, that we're here to celebrate equality. And it says, um, Pride Month encourages all Californians to join and celebrate the culture, accomplishments, and contributions of gay and lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, and queer people and encourages people of California to work to help advance the cause of equality for all gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer people and families. Um, and so how could you be for against equality, right? I mean, that, that's their argument. And we aren't against equality. Christians believe that every human being is created with equal value and worth, right? Uh, but we do not believe in, in equality of all behaviors, in equality of all identities. So the most loving thing we, t we can do 
is to encourage people to base their identity in God alone. Um, and that's why we would oppose and we'd encourage any legislator to oppose a resolution like this. So, like Greg explained, this resolution is going to be heard on Monday, right. June 5th on the Senate floor. And again, that's why Senator Scott Weiner has invited Sister Roma to the Senate floor. And who is Sister Roma? Yes. Well, if you are watching, you can see on the screen. If you're listening and just listening, you're not going to be able to see the photo. So you can always go to our YouTube or Facebook to be able to watch it. Yeah. But Sister Roma is known as Michael Williams, and he's been a part of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence since 1987. So that's why we are pushing back about him being on the Senate floor. And lots of people are pushing back because he is a part of a hate group towards Christians and Catholics and an anti-Christian and Catholic group that mock Jesus Christ. Yet, that is not the only thing he's a part of. He is... Um, known professionally as an American drag queen activist, gay pornography director, fundraiser, entertainer, event host, and MC. So here you can see on the screen, he was actually live at the Straight Up Gay Porn Awards for his getting awards for his gay pornography. Yeah. I mean, if you, I'm, so <laughs> I hope this is brought up. Um, at, uh, you know, as people don't know him. I mean, if you listen to the, the uh, legislators, uh, Senator Weiner, uh, describe why we're honoring him, it's because of all the, you know, nonprofit work they do and all the giving they do to the poor. Um, and they're a respected leader, right? So this is who they assume now is a respected leader, a, a gay pornographer. Um, and it's any pornography. We shouldn't be homosexual or heterosexual. We shouldn't right. be honoring anyone that's a director of pornography to the state f Senate floor. I don't think it's ever been done before. I've never seen a pornographer being honored. Right? Uh, this would be the first. Right? And and so let's go a little farther because the Senate Republicans um, have put out a letter uh, yesterday uh, Brian Jones, he's the Senate my, uh, Minority Leader, uh, put out a letter asking for um, uh, this particular group not to be honored. Um, and Sister Roma, uh, they asked, you know, this sh what she represents, what he represents, mm -hmm. uh, is a is disrespectful. It's it's hatred towards uh, Christians. And here I'm just going to read a little part of what the letter says. It says while California Senate uh, serves as a symbol for many values, it should not be associated with disrespect or hatred towards those with differing religious ideologies. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, through their public disparagement of the Catholic faith, have displayed a disregard for the principles of tolerance and understanding that should guide our society. Holding them, uh, oh no, honoring them in the Senate chamber would be inappropriate and contrary to the values we hold dear. And so all the Senate Republicans, all eight of them, uh, signed this letter. That was yesterday. Well, moments, I don't know how much how much longer it took, but a couple hours later, the uh, Tony Atkins, she is the Senate pro tem, uh, leads the Democrats. She put out a letter saying, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, and she actually talks about Sister Roma in her letter. And I'm just going to read a little part of it. It says, as Sister Roma, 
the person being honored for the sisters charity and community service recently told the San Francisco Chronicle, and this is now she's quoting Sister Roma. We have no hate for people of faith who do not weaponize their religion and use it to justify their homophobia, transphobia, uh, uh, mis, uh, misog- misogyny, <laughs> misogyny uh, and racism. We are not mocking nuns. We are not mocking nuns. We are nuns. We feed the hungry, tend to the sick, care for the unhoused, support LGBTQ youth, and provide ministry to our community. So, and, and then she responds, I believe that spirit is definitely worthy of being acknowledged by the California State Senate. So Tony Atkins is now saying this group deserves honor, right? And to pretend they're not mocking nuns, I mean, if, if, if this isn't mocking, I don't know what mocking is anymore. And you know what? I grew up in the Christian church, not the Catholic church, but my grandparents are Catholic, and so I've gone with them to Mass before. And not once have I ever seen nuns twerking on a cross or mocking Jesus or misusing the Eucharist. That doesn't happen in the Catholic church. So if that's happening, they're not nuns. And it... It's actually beyond my belief that one of them is being invited to the Senate floor to be honored. And um, Senator Melissa Melendez, she's not a senator anymore. She termed out, but she was a senator last year. She had a great interview on this. She said, not everyone gets to just go onto the Senate floor. People can go and they can watch and they can watch hearings and all that from up above. But not anyone could just walk onto the Senate floor. It's an honor to do so. That's right. And to disrespect Christians and Catholics, not just across the state of California, but it's honestly across the nation. No, that's this. right. And can you imagine the the Senate doing this to any other religion, mm-hmm. be it Muslims or Jews or any other group mm-hmm. um, would not honor a another group that's purposely tries to offend uh, that group with the gross displays of offense. I mean, it's. So the, so we have to stand up against this. And so we've organized uh, with the American Council mm-hmm. and with the California... Um, and the work that they do. Um, so if, if you have any time, uh, you're near the Capitol next Monday, uh, come on out to our, our event. Uh, it starts at 2 o'clock. Yes, and it's going to be a great event. And I think if you can't make it to the Capitol in person to join us in prayer, we'll be live streaming it. But also choose to take that time Monday, this coming Monday at 2 p.m., to spend in prayer for our state and for our nation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to pray for these legislators that are choosing to align with people that are openly mocking Jesus, because as Christians, we know that one day every knee will bow before him and we'll all be held accountable and their souls are going to be held accountable too. So pray that they realize what they're doing, pray for their repentance, pray for them to come to Jesus Christ, because if not, 
they are going to be held accountable just as we are as Christians. That's right. All right. What's next? So the SCV Pregnancy Center press conference that we talked about, I think, on quite a few podcasts with you all. That's right. And um, it happened, what was it, last week now? Yeah. Last week. week. And it was a great press conference down in Southern California in Santa Clarita Valley. And the goal of the press conference was... Assemblymember Pilar Schiavo just continued to spread lies about pregnancy centers across the state of California, stating that none of them are medically licensed. And then when we pushed back on that to prove that some are, she said, well, most of them. And then she started giving statistics where there's no proof of where those stats came from. That's right. And so one of the pregnancy centers in her district specifically, well, she has two, and both are medically licensed. Yeah, and she had said, uh, she had introduced a bill, AB uh, 710, which is supposed to be a a campaign to expose the fake clinics that are out there pretending to be medical clinics, but really, and they're also pretending to do abortions, and they lure women in who want abortions, and then when they get there, you know, they're given a big guilt trip and uh, about, you know, wanting an abortion. And so this is so obviously false, if anybody's ever visited a pregnancy care center, that we wanted to just put, we wanted to push back, and we wanted to push back in her own district. Uh, she obviously didn't actually tour, has toured any of the pregnancy care centers in her own district, um, and so we wanted to go down and do a press conference in front of one of them and talk to her own local media and just say, hey, this is wrong for a legislator to slander a local organization that's doing good work in your own community, and so that's what we did. Um, and here's a little a little clip of uh, Angela Bennett, uh, and she is the uh, director of the uh, SCV Pregnancy, Pregnancy Center. Center. Here yes. we go. And Assembly Member Schiavo, I hope you will accept our invitation just to get to know us. I also hope that you will be open-minded to considering accepting the fact that we are a licensed medical clinic in your district. We're caring for women who may have no other place to go. No, we don't provide abortions and we don't refer for them. But when a woman leaves our clinic, she has all the information she needs. She has a medically diagnosed pregnancy that is considered a viable pregnancy. That diagnosis comes from one of our two physicians. She's received care that she wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else and she wouldn't get it as early as she can get it here. The next steps will be up to her. The next steps she takes, no matter what they are, we will be there for her. If she chooses to terminate and she needs post-abortion care, we'll be there. If she chooses to carry this pregnancy and she needs prenatal education and early childhood development and other life skills, we're going to be there. And if she needs material supplies, we're there. Once you see who we are and how we care for women, I hope that you will apologize for the accusations of of being a fake clinic that were leveraged not just against us specifically, but against us and all the centers in our state. Yeah, so I appreciate her strong stance. Um, Mm -hmm. And after that press conference, um, 
Uh, we actually heard from uh, Chiavo's office that they do now plan to do a tour of the clinic. They had been invited before and had never taken up on the offer, but now they're going to. So that, that's a good that's good news. That's what all legislators should be doing. They should be touring the pregnancy centers in their area to find out what they actually do instead of simply listening to the abortion industry who constantly maligns them and tells lies about them. Also, if any of you that are tuning in have not toured a pregnancy center near where you live yet, why don't you look into that and go do it and just know and be aware of the amazing things these pregnancy centers are providing. And if you're not sure of if there's a pregnancy center near you, always feel free to reach out to us via our social media and ask, and we'll be more than happy to help you connect with a pregnancy center. And it's a great experience to know how these nonprofits in your community are helping out people. That's right. I mean, there's there are many women who they call abortion vulnerable, meaning they would they find themselves alone and pregnant, and they don't have a support system. They don't think they can take care of this child and they're abortion vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Abortion looks like an alternative, but if circumstances were different, if there was a support system around them, if they knew that there was help, um, they might change their mind, right? And that's what these, these centers provide. They provide that support that enables them, uh, encourages them to make a choice for life. And so that's what we should be doing as Christians in society is encouraging life um, as opposed to having, you know, people within our own churches turn to abortion clinics thinking that's the only way, the only thing they can do uh, when they find themselves in a situation they probably didn't want themselves in. Yes. And the last, as promised, we are going to talk to you all about the change movement. So, Greg, do you want to let them know? Yeah, the, the change movement. Um, a couple years ago, we had a bill introduced um, in the legislature. It was AB 2943. This was a bill that was going to um, declare that anybody who tried to help someone change their uh, same-sex attractions or gender confusion, um, either in feelings or in behavior, that was going to be considered illegal. Right? It didn't matter whether a church was offering the help or a professional counselor. Anyone was not going to be get the help that they wanted. Right. Um, so uh, when that happened, all we met all kinds of folks, um, and part many of the folks came from this group called Equipped to Love. Um, and Equipped to Love is a group of former LGBT individuals. They're Christians who had formerly been lesbians or gay or bisexual or lived uh, as a transgendered uh, person, um, but they um, had rejected those identities and turned back to Christ. Um, and, it, and a lot of them had various incredible stories um, of change and how they overcame. Um, and many of those stories we don't even hear about. Mm -hmm. And so they came to the Capitol wearing uh, shirts that said changed on them, they put together a beautiful book called The Changed Movement Book, um, and you can see a little uh, glimpse of one of the stories here that we're going to highlight. Um, and they all put these stories together, telling how, how you know they were empty, living as an LGBT-identified individual, and they only found happiness through not following their desires, or, uh, but by following and basing their identity in Christ alone. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how they found happiness. You know, just like all of us at one point before we were, or we weren't Christians, we were trying to find happiness in something else. And 
you know, we had testimonies of conversion, mm -hmm. uh, that we were completely changed when we met Jesus, right? And our lives were, were changed. Well, that's what the same stories they had. And they put them in a little book and they handed them out to legislators. Um, and so during this Pride Month where everybody's celebrating all things LGBT, we wanted to highlight um, actual lives uh, that had been changed by Jesus um, and people leaving LGBT and, and coming to God. And so that's the story of many people, and those people need to be celebrated. Exactly. And so we want to share, if you're watching here on the screen, you can see it says Leon Jonk and um, from South Africa, and he is one of the people who shared his stories in the Change Movement book. So I just want to share his story with you all. And um, in the caption, in the podcast notes, all that, there's going to be a link to the Change Movement stories. So you can go read the stories, share the stories, watch some of the videos. But I just wanted to share um, Leon's story with you all. So Leon says, as a young boy, I felt like something was missing. Though I didn't identify as LGBTQ, I struggled with same-sex attraction and questioned whether I would ever be able to share my struggles with someone else or overcome my attraction to men. I often battled suicidal thoughts and depression. Alcohol and porn became my way of coping with the pain of isolation and loneliness. As a teenager, I acted out on my feelings towards men and as a result, experienced fear of rejection from family and friends. I started living a double life, pretending I was okay on the outside but crumbling on the inside. In my late 20s, I completed an alpha course which is a place for people who want to explore Christianity and ask questions. A lady in the course asked the pastor what he would do if someone who had same-sex attractions came to the church. The pastor told her that he would love and support them, just like he would anyone else. For the first time, I realized it was possible that I could be loved and not rejected by God because of my struggles. Born again and baptized a year later, I began to share my story with others. Over the next five years, I embarked on a journey of surrendering my sexuality to God. Though my confidence in my new identity sometimes wavered, God always came through with me, for me with remarkable reminders that he was guiding me. In 2018, for instance, I had a supernatural experience one night during worship. When I awoke the next day, I heard the phrase, you are free, resounding in my head. I instantly knew what God was saying to me. I would no longer be a slave to my desires. Overjoyed, I began learning how to renew my mind with truth and live as Christ's new creation. Then again in 2019, I was lying on the floor one day when I had a vision of Jesus coming and kneeling next to me. I watched as he pulled my spine out of my brain and it looked like a bunch of loose wires. He said, we are going to rewire your mind. It's not going to be easy, but I am going to do it with you. Because I had thought about myself a certain way for so long, I realized during this encounter that I actually needed to learn to think differently. Today, I feel a long-lasting inner peace that I know only comes from God. I know God cares about me and my struggles, and I can see him in my own life that change is possible. I look back with thankfulness to God for everything he has done in my life and in my heart to walk me into the freedom I experience today. That's fabulous. And I, you know, that's... <sighs> the sad thing is a lot of times we don't hear those testimonies at church, right? Mm -hmm. We have testimonies of people overcoming drugs or overcoming you know, uh, pornography, overcoming other addictions, or, you know, I was a gang member and I was into violence. And, you know, um, we don't hear enough stories about people who were bound by their desires for, you know, uh, things regarding sex and same-sex attraction. Um, 
you know, they are Christians just like we all are. We mm-hmm. all are struggling with something, all in the, in process of sanctification. And so we need to promote these type of stories in our churches, um, come alongside people who are struggling with same-sex attraction, just like we could come alongside anybody else. But we are all headed towards Jesus, right? We have changed our minds. We're not following our sinful desires anymore. We are following Jesus who has forgiven us of all of our sins, you know, and so... The gospel is a great thing that we should be sharing this month, especially. Yes. So let's do that. Yes. Well, we will see you all next week. Greg and I will actually be traveling for work. We'll be in Colorado. So we will still go live Friday on our Facebook just in Colorado. But It'll be fun. Yes. We'll see you all next week. And I'm sure we'll have lots of more interesting stories to share you as well as this whole month. We'll make sure to continue sharing change movement stories with you all. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg.